1: Now, he does it in chapter 1, and he does it in chapter 5. Why does he do this? Because at the beginning of the letter and the end of the letter, it's all written to the same group of people that are suffering. He wants them to know at the start and at the finish, there's a blessing. There's a blessing. Hold on, hold on. Be patient, be patient. There's a blessing in this if you'll just hold on.
0: Hello again and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you have found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants God requires to help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's
1: message. Today, today is the final, it's the final message in our series. God has an app for that. I want to speak to you on the subject, God has an app to help heal your affliction. So I want you to take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 5 and uh, we're going to look at God has an app to help heal your affliction. I want to suggest uh, highly to you, if you've not read the last chapter in this book, on God has an app to help heal your affliction, you need to read the last chapter of this book. Number one, write this down. James, when he writes this book, he's, it's addressed to the persecuted church. He, he's writing this letter to people who were suffering persecution because they were believers. James writes this book to the 12 tribes. Who are the 12 tribes? We know who they are. It's the nation Israel. It's written to the 12 tribes that are scattered among the nations. They're scattered because they were forced to leave their homeland because of persecution. So this book was written to people who were on the run for their lives. James' audience are people who had chosen to follow Christ. And because of that, they were suffering. Now, number two, write this down quickly. The word affliction is not just talking about physical persecution, it's also talking about spirit, spiritual, financial, and relational suffering. When when you see the word suffering, he's not just talking about persecution. He's talking about any kind of suffering. Now, I was thinking to myself, if we were physically persecuted, I mean, we had to flee or we were beat up or stoned or or, or, or something happened to us, I believe that you would be suffering spiritually to some degree because you would start to wonder, God, why, why am I being persecuted? I'm trying to serve you. I think you would suffer financially because you would no longer be able to live in your house. You'd have to flee to another country. How would you make a living? You would suffer relationally because you would no longer be able to be with your loved ones or your families if that was the situation. All I want you to know is that when we go through this book, when James is talking about suffering, he's talking about mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, financial, relational, any kind, any kind of suffering. You would think, you would think, you would hope that if I'm doing the right thing that I wouldn't have any problems. But the promises of God, I want you to write this down, the promises of God are not, are not that you would be void of problems. That's not in the Bible. Nowhere does it say if you become a Christian you're not going to have problems. I've told you over and over again if you become a Christian you're going to have more problems. The promise of God is that you'll never walk alone in that problem. And so as I conclude this series, God has an app. God has an app to heal your affliction. There are three things everyone in this room needs to do, no matter what you're suffering with right now. You need to do these three things. Number one, you need to be patient in your affliction. I know you didn't want to hear that. But James tells us very clearly that you need to be patient in your affliction. Verse 7 says, now you got to see this in your Bible. This is in James 5, or 7. Be patient, then my brothers. For how long? You, you need to be patient until the Lord return. What? And then he uses an illustration of the farmer. He goes, look at the farmer, how the farmer waits. Everybody say waits. There's no such thing as an impatient farmer. If you are an impatient person, you cannot be a farmer. He says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. How patient he is for the autumn and the spring rain. Yes, the farmer will plant the seed. He's got to get out and, and, and work the soil and plant the seed. But then he's got to sit back and wait. He's got, what's he waiting on? He's waiting for, for, for God to bless those crops. He's got to wait for that, that, that land to produce that valuable crop. And then he's got, to sit, he's got to wait on God to bring that spring and those autumn rains. He's got to be patient. So then James says this in verse 8. He goes, you too, just like that farmer, you need to be patient. And stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. There's always two questions when we suffer. What's question number one? Everyone ask it. What's question number one? Why? That's question number one. What's the second question? The second most often question besides why. It's right next to why. How long? Now, I'm not sure you will ever understand the why. I know for a fact that most things that happen to us here on this earth, we will never understand fully until we get to heaven. That's why I believe the most often heard word in heaven will be the word, oh. (laughs) Now I understand. James, James, what he's doing here is he mentions being patient with the backdrop of the Lord's return, he's actually using the Lord's return to help people mentally. I believe put things into proper perspective. Look at verse seven again. He says, "To be patient, how long? Be patient until what? Until the Lord's return. He's trying to tell you you, you 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 might you might have to endure this situation for a a long 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 time. We go we go." We go, well, I, 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 I've been going through this for two weeks. How much longer? Two months? You expect me to live like this for two months? Two years? I've been struggling for two years. How much longer do I have to suffer? James says, you, 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 you might have to do it until the Lord returns. I think he's putting a time perspective on it for us to help you, in the, in, to help you here in the now you know what the worst thing about going to Israel is? The worst thing, the worst thing. It's not the food. The food's good. The worst thing is sitting on that plane for 11, 12, 13 hours like a sardine. And so I do this. I do this every time I fly. I don't care if I'm going to Dallas or St. Louis or the East Coast. I do this before I get on the plane. I have this little mental thing that I do, where I always say this flight's going to take longer than it, than it actually is. And when I when I fly around the world on the other side of the earth, I, I tell myself, and I did that this trip. I said this is going to see. This is going to take. Uh, it's going to take five days. I get on this plane, it's going to take, and we had a little argument about some of the people on the trip. They said, well, let's just say four. I go, no, it's not four. It's five. It's five days. Five days, three meals a day. I'm going to have 15 meals on this flight. It's going to be, it's going to be five days and five nights, and uh, it's going to be tough, but I think I can do five days. And so you're walking onto the plane, you're sitting in your chair, I'm just thinking five days. I'm not getting off this thing for five days. Now about 12, 13 hours later when the plane lands, you go, hey, we're early. We're early. And I I really believe that James, James is saying the same thing. He wants you to know that whatever you're suffering, don't, don't worry because one day the Lord Jesus Christ is going, you need to be patient until the Lord Jesus Christ returns. He's putting a time perspective on it. We're in such a big hurry. We start to have marriage problems and we just want to, we want to dissolve the marriage. Because it's been tough now for about six months. <laughs> or it's been tough for two or three years. It's not working. So we, we get rid of that, that marriage faster. You can say find the words uh, divorce, divorce attorney. This last week, Junior sale of the San Diego Chargers committed suicide. And no one can figure out why. It appeared though he had everything. And as you talk to any family, and they're in this church who've been through that situation, it's one of the most difficult things that happen for the family that remains. And you always think back, well, what could we have done different? How could we have helped keep something like this from happening? And there's really only one answer, unless there's some type of drug involved, or some chemical imbalance of some sort. There's only one really answer, that that person who takes their life, they were suffering so much on the inside that they actually literally believe that they just couldn't go on another day. And so they they take their own life. And what James is saying, if you think about this, these are people who are being persecuted. He says, "I I don't care what you're going through. Hold on. Be patient. Because the Lord, be patient until the Lord returns. You might have to wait 10 years. You might have to suffer for 20 years. Yes, you might even have to suffer for 50 years. But there's coming a day, just hold on, where Jesus will return. And when he returns, he will make everything new. And when he returns, he's not just going to make everything new. He's going to make everything new for all of eternity. I can just hear, I can just hear someone suffering and they hear James say, you know, be patient until the Lord's return. I can hear someone just say these words. Well, how long is that going to be? When's he coming back? Are you telling me I might have to suffer like this the rest of my life? Maybe. Maybe. That's why James says this in verse 8. It's not verse 7. This is verse 8. He says, don't, don't worry too much because, hey, I know you think that's a long time away, but he says, Hey, 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 Lord's, the Lord's return is what? It's near. Be patient. Be patient. How long? Until the Lord returns. Oh, when's he coming back? Oh, it won't be too long. You see, I think what he's doing, if you stay with you, stay with me, I think what he's doing, he's reminding that the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, that eternity, eternity is such a long period that whatever you're going through here on this earth, even if it's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, when you compare it to how long eternity is going to be, and when Jesus comes back and makes everything all right, you can hold on here because in a little while we're gonna be with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Number two. You've got to realize, this is, this is harder than number one. You've got to realize that there's a blessing in your affliction. There is a blessing in your affliction. Now, we're in chapter 5, but I want to go back to chapter 1. Go back to James 1. Now, we looked at this. We've already preached through this. If you remember... James chapter 1, what was the first verse? The very first verse, he talks that this book is written to the 12 tribes that are scattered among the nations. And then he dives right in in verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know, verse 3, you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And verse 4 says, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. In other words, there's actually a blessing in the midst of all these trials. Now, he does it in chapter 1 and he does it in chapter 5. Why does he do this? Because at the beginning of the letter and the end of the letter, it's all written to the same group of people that are suffering. He wants them to know at the start and at the finish, there's a blessing. There's a blessing. Hold on, hold on. Be patient, be patient. There's a blessing in this if you'll just hold on. Let's go back to chapter 5. What does he say in chapter 5, verse 11? At the end of the book, he goes, As you know, we consider... What's the word that he uses? What is it? Blessed. Blessed. He says, As you know, we consider... Blessed... Those... Who don't have any problems no we consider blessed those who don't have affliction no what's it say we consider blessed those who have what's the word persevered and he uses the analogy you've all heard of Job Job's perseverance you've seen what the Lord finally say the word finally You see, we read Job, we only read the first three chapters where he loses, he has got ten children, he loses all ten children. He has money, he loses all his money. He has health, he loses all his health. He has livestock, he loses all his life. He loses everything in the first part. But if you read through the whole book of Job, Job perseveres. And at the end of the book, we know that God blessed Job more in the latter part of his life than the early part of his life which means that God finally brought about the blessing in his life. If only you will persevere, God has blessings if you learn to persevere through those trials. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number three, by faith. You can only do it by faith. You pray. You pray in the midst of that affliction. Verse 13 says, if any one of you is in trouble, you got something written down on the top of your note there, whatever you're suffering. It says, if you're in trouble, you should pray. And then it says, if you're happy, You should be singing. Either way, everyone in this room, you ought to be praying or you ought to be singing. That's it. Praying or singing. Verse 14 says, If any one of you is sick, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, we have elders at our church. You can call them they will, they will meet with you. They will, they will anoint you with oil and they will pray for you. It's why I want you to read the last chapter of this book. I talk about that. Sometimes you can't get a hold of the elders, but it seems like in every church and every life group, there are people in that life group. There's just always two or three people that are really good at praying. It's not that they have the gift of praying. It's just that they've prayed so much, they've kind of developed a discipline that they're just, they're just good at it because they do it all the time. And so I would encourage you to, in your church or in the life group, you can find someone who's really good at praying and just ask them to pray for you and over you. The oil is just symbolic of the Holy Spirit all the way through the Bible. There's nothing magical about the oil. It's just that it symbolizes the Holy Spirit. And verse, the next verse says, here's the application. He said, what is the app? Here's the app, verse 15, that the prayer that is offered up in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, remember, we're not just talking about physical uh, suffering. Some of you are suffering spiritually. You've got sin in your life. It says, if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Verse 16, therefore, confess your sins to one another because you have to have a right heart with God and you have to have a right heart with your fellow man. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for, who should you be praying for? What's it say? Pray for who? Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is both powerful and effective. Today, I want us to take some time in church. We're going to do this right now. I I decided that as I was going through this, that we need to take some time. So I've preached a little shorter so we'd have time. And uh, we're going to, I'm going to ask our elders. We have elders here today in the service. We have pastors here and we have staff members And if you are an elder, if you're an elder, if you're a a pastor or you're on my staff, the church staff, I want you to come forward and line up across the front uh, down here. And as they come, you can now see who our staff, some of you don't know who they are, the elders and our pastors. We're going to have a moment for you just to come up and ask one of them to pray for you. I actually have some oil here. We have some oil if you want someone to anoint you with oil, they can do that. Uh, we got some of this from, uh, I brought it back from Israel. Uh, in the, we bought it in the garden tomb. And again, there's nothing magical. It's just, it, just, it symbolizes the Holy Spirit. I, there's four things. I want you to write this down. If you come up and get prayer, you, you, you're either going to be singing or you're going to come up and get prayer, okay? if you if you ask for prayer you're acknowledging four things number one you're acknowledging by the very fact that you pray you're acknowledging that God is the creator of the universe number two you're acknowledging that he's in charge that God is in charge you're not in charge God is in charge number three you're acknowledging that he's the one who heals I don't heal these people don't heal the oil doesn't heal God is the one that heals he's the great physician but number four if you come get prayer You're acknowledging your dependence upon him. You're just acknowledging, God, I can't solve these problems on my own. I need your help. I need your power. I need your grace. I need your mercy. So let's stand and bow our heads for just a word of prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this series. God has an app. Because we know, God, that you have the answers to all of life's issues. I pray that this week people will read that last chapter in this book, that they'll get to their life group and go through this material. But today, God, we have people who are looking for work. We have people that have lost their homes. We have people that are lacking resources. We have people that are having some health issues, either cancer or heart, problems in their joints, problems in their hearing or their eyesight. We have people who are suffering emotionally, People who are hurting spiritually, people who've drifted away from God, people who have been engaged in sin. We have children who've gone astray. We have problems in our marriage, in our relationships, at home, at work. And we just want to take a few moments here to pray. And uh, I just pray that as we sing, those of us that are content, those of us that are happy that we'll sing, and that others will come to pray. We pray.
0: struggling with prejudice, brokenhearted, anxious, or depressed, God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 You can also get God has an app for that on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God has an app for that, today. Hello friends, my name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right, we're adding a fourth service starting May 5th. Worship service starts at 7 p.m. and it's for all ages, but we're going to have food trucks before the service. In the first few weeks, the food is going to be free. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend, or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays starting May 5th at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com.